Well, Merry Broken Christmas. My name is Ken, and I am the pastor uh, here at Crosswinds Church. And uh, most churches this time of year are doing sentimental Christmas religious stories with every kind of cleaned up stuff and, you know, uh, kind of cleaned up, you know, things for company. But that's, here at Crosswinds, we're not most churches. Um, this building was formerly a police station, if you don't know that. We have jail cells in our basement, so be good. No, <laughs> um, uh, this is kind of an unusual building. Um, when, and the truth is, while sentimentality and traditionalism and religion, those are not bad things, but those are things often people try to, to hide in. And they hide from brokenness. And they, 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 they try to hide from some of the realities of, of life. And the prophet Jeremiah said this, They have healed the wound of my people lightly, saying, Peace, peace, when there is no peace. You know, in Jesus, there is always something to be merry about. And I remember as a little boy, the only time I ever got to go to church was at Christmas. And I remember looking at the manger scene and always feeling a peace looking at the baby Jesus. But Christmas for me has always been a, a little melancholy. It, it, to me, it was always just a little broken. No matter how hard our family tried to make merry. My family was more like the movie Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase. We even had the squirrel. We did. Uh, one of my sister-in-laws is an animal rescuer slash hoarder, or animal hoarder. And, and so it's not just a squirrel. There's a blind dog and a screeching parrot and... Um, it was kind of, kind of wild at Christmas sometimes. Um, my parents divorced at five, so Christmas was always just a little broken and awkward, trying to satisfy the needs of two families. And then I got married to a woman whose parents were also divorced. And, and Christmas became this two-day marathon trying to get around to everybody and, and hear stories about who betrayed who at Christmas. And... Sometimes I had to meet new potential moms and dads at Christmas, which was a little awkward. Like, who, what was your name again? Um, <laughs> um, and, and so that was awkward. And, and my wife actually doesn't like the movie Christmas Vacation because it's kind of too real to her. Um, you know, my daughter and I find it funny. Uh, and we laugh through it because um, we remember the times it was funny. We're just funny that way. Um, she remembers the time when my father showed slides of a recent family or recent vacation that, that he had been on with his girlfriend to Costa Rica and all of a sudden accidentally or maybe not so accidentally pictures of his naked girlfriend came up on the screen when my children were four and five. My wife was horrified, but to me it was pretty normal. My parents were hippies and so clothing, clothing was often optional as I grew up. And so... You know, she was kind of shocked. That was not how her life went. 
Um, we learned to eat White Castle on the way to my uh, crazy Aunt Mary, who I love dearly. But Mary um, uh, did not believe shrimp needed to be refrigerated before you cooked it. <laughs> and our constitution was not as evolved as hers. And uh, our son Cody um, spent hours with his head in a bucket on the drive home. And we were all a little green that Christmas. And so then every other year, we would just eat up on the way at White Castle and eat very little or just eat only vegetables. You know, besides divorce, my family experienced a lot of death. Um, within about five years, uh, I lost a lot of aunts and uncles and, and grandparents. And so at Christmas, it started to feel even more broken as we got together remembering people that we loved. And I'm not saying it was all bad. We had many merry, merry Christmases, um, especially when the kids were little. Um, often we were broke at Christmas. Um, uh, and we laughed watching Christmas Vacation sometimes, my daughter and I, as, as we you know, remember our Christmas tree falling down when we'd come home from church or come home places that the tree would be on the floor, kind of like in the movie. And we laugh. My wife doesn't because she remembers how her and I would fight <laughs> about why the Christmas tree fell down, which was usually my fault. Um, and uh, we laugh about how Grandpa complained that the kids were up too early on Christmas morning looking for the stocking and he needed his coffee. And another grandma was complaining about the grandpa who left her for another grandma. And you know, and, and but now we miss them both because they're not around. And, and Kathy and I now miss our kids. So there's, there's some brokenness around Christmas. But see, Christmas is still merry because of Jesus. And, and I, why I'm saying this is that, that I think most of us, I think all of us, there's a little bit of brokenness in our lives around the holidays and around Christmas. There's some quirkiness to it. And that's because we live in a world that has been frustrated by sin. It, it, there's brokenness in our world. It's not working the way God designed it to be. See, as a people, we have all departed from God's design and we have become broken. And just a little bit of alcohol and, and, and some good food and, and shiny new presents doesn't solve that problem. We can't just fix ourselves by putting a bow on it with some traditions and, and a little religion and a little sentimentality, a little ho-ho-ho. To, to find the joy, to find the merry, we need to get honest. We need to get honest about the problem so that we can have the solution. You, you can't fix a problem by saying it's not there. And if we want to have that unspeakable joy that, that Jeremy spoke about, which I know is found in Jesus because I know it, we got to first go through the problem. And, and normally when I've told the Christmas story, I've done it from Luke's gospel, kind of like the kids did in the countdown video, which is really cute. And it's a sentimental story that you see Charlie Brown or Linus do in the Charlie Brown story. And all Christmas pageants are based on the Luke story. But tonight, I feel led to share from Matthew's gospel, 
Because it's really more like Christmas vacation. And, you know, you can read the sweet sentimentality of it, and I've, I've heard it that presented it that way sometimes, but if you really read it and you really understand what this story is saying, it's meant to be real and address what the problem is in our lives and, and then what the solution is, which is the Mary in Christmas. See, Matthew, the author of it, was a tax collector. And, and tax collectors were always said sinners and tax collectors, or tax collectors and sinners. It was to emphasize that like tax collectors were worse than sinners. Now, we don't like tax collectors, but in the first century, tax collectors were worse than sinners. I mean, these were the worst guys anybody could think of because they worked, they were Jews that worked for the Roman government, and they were traitors because they were their own people working for them. And, and Matthew was this relational guy. He, you know, Jesus, once after he called him to follow him, um, had a party, or, or Matthew had a party, and he invited a bunch of friends, and all these guys came over. So he was a relational guy, but the only guys that would come over were other tax collectors, because they were the only people that would even look him in the eye. As he walked down the street, everybody would turn their face from Matthew. So there was a brokenness to Matthew's life. He was hated before meeting Jesus. And so that's who's writing this book. And I think he's trying to give us some clues um, as he's writing it. It's, it's a unique gospel. He starts out with a genealogy. And I'm going to ask, um, actually, if you can go uh, to the slide, the white slide, the first verse in the genealogy. Thank you, Jonah. Okay, I'm not going to read through this whole genealogy, but I have some names uh, in there. And I don't know if you can tell the coloring in there. It starts out really good. It says, the book of genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David and son of Abraham. And that sounds sentimental and religious. I mean, Jesus comes from Abraham and he comes from uh, David, kings and, and Abraham, the father of faith. And so it, it sounds really good so far. And, and so I had David in purple and Abraham in purple, kind of like the, he's coming from royalty. And, and, and Matthew is often thought about as talking about Jesus as king and that, the, the overall theme of it. But then it, it gets to Jacob, and we can still say, oh, Jacob, you know, Jacob, okay, that's a, that's a family line and everything's good. But then you kind of get to Judah. And, and Judah is kind of like, you know, that brother-in-law in family vacation. Right? Eddie. That's Judah. It really is. But, you know, Judah's the head of the 12 tribes. And so I put him in black. Because it says, then he says, Judah fathered Perez by Tamar. Now, typically in Jewish lineage, you do not list women. But there's four women listed here. And see, Tamar was his, Tamar was his daughter-in-law. See, he had two sinful sons that were so bad that God had to kill them. They were so wicked, God had to kill two of of Judah's sons. And then Tamar tricks her father because he's not supporting her and he's not giving her another son, which was what he was legally supposed to do. So she tricks him, pretending like she's a prostitute and sleeps with her father or, or her, her father-in-law. And that's how Perez and uh, 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 um, Zerah get there. But yet... G She's in the gospel here. Tamar. It's redeemed. But I put her in red 
because like in every family, there's, there's stuff, right? If there's some brokenness. And, and, and then we get down to Rahab. So Judah really should be in red. And then we go down to Rahab, and, and Rahab was a prostitute. But she was a prostitute that helped, in the city of Jericho, the spies. And, and she fathered a really um, uh, good guy by the name of Boaz, who, who um, helped Ruth and married her and, and, and redeemed her. But, but Ruth was a foreign woman. Actually, all these women talked about were foreign women that, that the Jews reading this and this book was written to the Jews would think, oh, these are outcasts. These are, these are broken people. We don't want anything to do with them. And so, so there's Ruth. And, 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 and so they're in red. And, and then we get down further and it says, David was the father of Solomon the, by the wife of Uriah. And so it doesn't give her name, but that's Beersheba. And then we realize, oh, David should be in red. Yeah, he was a king. And yeah, he was a man after God's own heart, but he had an affair. And he got Bathsheba's husband killed so that he could cover up the affair. And this is Christmas vacation. I mean, it, 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 it's bad. It's sin. And, and, and so David could go in red as well. And then he had a son Solomon. And Solomon, the hope of the nations, I mean, built all the palaces, built, built, you know, built the temple. But Solomon kind of had a little problem with a little lust, too, and had lots, maybe a thousand wives. That some of them were not so cool. And, and, and so there was some brokenness there. And, and, and Abraham, got to kind of go back to him. Abraham, a few times, lied about who his wife was, said she was his sister, and gave her to foreign kings. Then we keep going down the list. And we, 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 we see some good guys, like Hezekiah is pretty good. Maybe more like Chevy Chase, a little foolish. He brings the foreign king servants into the temple and lets them see all the gold so that the Assyrians can come in and Raid it later and destroy things. I mean, he, he, he's a good man, but he, he, he does some things wrong. And he has a son, Manasseh, who's like the worst king ever. His son, his dad's a good king, and Manasseh basically turns the temple into a brothel um, and starts worshiping the wrong things inside the temple and totally destroys the kingdom. God tries to speak to him directly, and he won't repent. Eventually, he repents. So he's, 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 he's like the worst king ever. Um, and there's some other, there's another good king here, Josiah. And eventually it leads to, uh, I think that something I have highlighted there, deportation. They get deported. The whole nation does. The, it, the, the whole, God's chosen people, like the best of the world, gets deported. 800 miles away. Because they can't get it together. They has to deport them all. I mean, they're going to exile for 70 years because they're so broken they have to learn. And, and so they, 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 God sends them into exile by King Nebuchadnezzar. And then it continues down this, this, this history of other um, uh, 
relatives that we don't know that much about. It actually gives 14 generations. And, it, and, and as I've been reading through this, it, it, we don't know why all these generations, why these names are there, other than what I see is there's a history of brokenness, that there's, there's not a hero here. We could read this, read this religiously and go, Abraham's a hero, or David's a hero, or that's a hero. There's only one hero to the Bible. It's Jesus. That's the Mary. That's the rest of it is, is, is there's brokenness. It's not about those other heroes. And, and that's why it finally gets down and says, um, Jacob, the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary. He doesn't say of whom Jesus was born, who is called the Christ. Joseph, the husband of Mary. And what, what, he, what he's trying to say in, in saying all this is that this is, Jesus is coming into, in a sense, brokenness. That Jesus' family, just like my family, his whole family line had struggles. It had brokenness. It had trials. And even Joseph was not his father. His father was God. But the Jewish audience that's reading this is hearing this. And they're all thinking of Abraham and all these guys as heroes. And they're, they happen to see, like, nobody in this is a hero. But the hero's coming. It's Jesus. And so now let's get to the text that, that, that we were, um, that I was really going to focus on. Because that was just kind of the intro to, to, to let, let you see that all families, even Christ's family, that there's brokenness. We're all the same. That we're all on the land of misfit toys. And, it, and, and he starts the story with, now the birth of Jesus took place in this way. It was like Christmas vacation. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph. He was betrothed. They, they got engaged. And in biblical times, um, unlike today, when they got engaged, they were basically married. They were promised to one another. Um, and she was betrothed to this guy, Joseph. And, and then all of a sudden, she's found to be with child. Like in that video. Doink. Okay. Now, this was a real problem. Because she's saying it was before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband, Joseph, being a just man, was unwilling to put her to shame and resolved her to divorce her quietly. Because in those days, when you were in a uh, proposal time, you had to have a divorce to get out of it. You You were committed. And so... It's, it's a real problem because the, the, the law in Deuteronomy said that if a virgin was found to be pregnant and then with, or with another man and she was betrothed, it's, it, it says in Deuteronomy, that both of them were to be stoned, that they were to be killed. That, that's, so it's pretty serious. Abdu and Mariel, pretty serious. Okay, this is pretty serious. You know, once they made a promise to each other. So it, 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 it was a serious thing. And, and if, if um, now, now if, if a woman was, you know, hurt in some way and that wasn't her fault, then, then, then only the guy would be hurt. And so the law was just, but that was the, 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 the you know, in those days, you know, uh, it, 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 was, 
it was it was very serious. And so Joseph was a just man. He, what that means is he abided the law. Doesn't necessarily mean he was, you know, making uh, the best decision in the world, but he was unwilling to put her to shame. He didn't want to see Mary be hurt. And so he resolved to make this go away, to quietly divorce her. Because in those days, you could get divorced pretty easily from this. You could just get two witnesses to sign off and just walk away. But Mary still had the problem, didn't she? She's pregnant, she's alone, and she's without support. And so he didn't believe her story. I mean, Mary's got this incredible story. I, I didn't do anything wrong. An angel came to me, and God put this baby here. And, and Joseph couldn't believe it. He had a faith problem. He had faith in her. Maybe he thought something else happened that she just doesn't want to talk about. And, and I, I have trust in her that she didn't leave me for another guy. But I still can't get behind this because I don't have faith that God did this. And he's thinking, he's struggling, because it says in the next verse, he says, he considered these things, and, and behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear. Take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And, 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 and so the, him being a just man, he, he, he stopped, he, he considered he thought about this. And, and God came to him and, and was respectful to Joseph. And, and, and he, he calls him a son of David. He, he, he says, don't fear. I'm in this. Take Mary as your wife. Because what is conceived is from me. He says, she will bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus, for he will save people from their sins. He, he will take away the brokenness. He will take, he's the he's solution to the problems that we're all in. And then it says, all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, a virgin shall conceive and, and, and bear a son, and, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. See, that's the thing about brokenness, and that's why we can have a merry broken Christmas. So if, 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 if you're in brokenness, if you're, if you're hurting tonight, if there's something that you're feeling a little melancholy, a little sad or whatever, is that don't lose heart. As, as the angel said to Joseph, be not afraid. Don't lose heart. Be of good cheer. Because God works even in brokenness. Because see, the brokenness that he and Mary were, were in had purpose. There was a reason for their brokenness. Some of what they were going to go through was not going to be easy. It was going to be hard. They were going to have to follow an oppressive government and go pay a tax and travel to a foreign city and she was going to have to have a baby in, a, 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 in you know, an animal a place for animals. 
it was going to be hard. And they, they were going to have to escape to Egypt for a while because there was an evil king trying to kill the baby. There, there were going to be some hard times. But ultimately, God was with them. He was inside of her through the Holy Spirit. And he loved them. And all the, the, the hard things they were going through was going to work out for his good. And it was going to work out for their good. Romans 8.28 is one of my favorite verses that says, And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And see, when, when Joseph woke from his sleep, he, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. He, he took his wife, and, and he knew her not until she had given birth to a son. And he called his name Jesus. He, he obeyed what God had told him. I want to show you something. If you could flip up the, 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 the ornament slide there for me. We, we kind of talked through an illustration here that God had this design, and I think this is illustrated through this story, that's perfect. But we all kind of depart. Every human being has departed from that design of love and, and goodness of God in many, many ways. And our lives become broken because of it. There's divorce, there's death. Actually, death entered the world. The reason there's death is because of sin. When, when um, sin entered the world, death entered the world. And all the heartache we, we face is because of sin. And, and that leaves us feeling broken. And, and we try to escape that brokenness. We try to wrap up our lives and cover it and put on suits and nice colors and lights. And, and, and at Christmas time, we try to, we, we try to hide from the brokenness and we hide sometimes in alcohol and sometimes we hide in the arms of a woman or a man or, or, or different things. We try to find strategies to get out of the brokenness. But the problem is that just takes us further away from God. But there's another way. It's to come like I did as a little boy and look to that manger. Look to that Jesus. Because it always gave me comfort when I was in brokenness, to look to Jesus. And to come back to Jesus, the God, Emmanuel, who God sent to be one of us, born into brokenness, born to a teenage girl under suspicious circumstances. The neighbors and friends would have rejected her, thought she was lying. Her own husband-to-be thought she was lying. There was a scandal in a small town of 40 or 50 families, maybe. It's rough. It's hard. And yet, God was with her. And that baby grew up. And he loved people, and he cared people about people, and he healed people. And he never traveled more than a few hundred miles where he lived, but he, he made an impact. The whole world has been changed by him. And eventually... The Roman government, according to God's will, put him on a cross, an instrument of torture, 
and killed him. And he died. And before he died, he said, Father, forgive them for they don't know what they're doing because he loved that much. And after he died, he went into a borrowed tomb. He was so broke that he didn't have money to have a place to be buried. And he went into a tomb. But there was something to be merry about. Three days later, he walked out of that tomb. And that proves something very important. That he had the power. He had the power to help us if we would just follow him, to recover our lives and, 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 and pursue joy, pursue merriness, to pursue true happiness, not a fake happiness covered in shiny boxes, but true joy, true happiness, true life, abundant life, everlasting life in him. And all we need to do is repent, which is to turn away from our brokenness and our sin and believe that he was God, Emmanuel, that he was God who came in the flesh, that he was God who loved us so much, even though that we were broken, even though we were sinful, even though that we're often a mess, that he loved us that much, that the God of the universe loved us that much that he was willing to come into our brokenness and die for us. And if you'll believe that, there will be a Merry Christmas forever. A feasting and family and love for all of us, no matter whether you're rich or poor or black or white or yellow or brown or polka dotted, you know, whatever. You are made in the image of God, and he loves you. But you need to turn like Joseph did and not be afraid to obey him. Because Joseph considered and obeyed. He could have said, well, I don't want to use that name, Jesus. That's such a popular name. We'll call him Fred. That's a much more powerful name. He believed that God had a plan. And he followed the word of God. And he believed God at his word. And he took the word of God. And he trusted it. And we don't know a lot more about Joseph. But he was Jesus' father on earth. Kind of a broken situation. But Jesus took on his trade. And we know his name because he was a servant who woke up and did exactly what the angel told him to do. He stepped up and took Mary as his wife and was obedient to the commitment to stay pure with her until they were married. And then he called his new son Jesus. He obeyed God. He, he pursued God's design. And his life and his eternity were recovered. You can do that tonight. See, the people, most people walk in darkness. But Jesus, the light of the world has come. And tonight, choose to walk 
and the light. I'm going to ask Jeremy to come and sing. Why don't we all stand and sing this song together? And if you've never received Jesus as your Lord and as your Savior, you can do that tonight. Jesus is honest. He says, in this life we will have trouble, but he says, take heart, be of good courage. I have overcome the world. And if you choose him as your Lord and Savior, you will overcome with him. You will live forever and all eternity with him. He has a plan for you. Just come and follow him. So if you'd like to pray with me, I'm giving you an invitation to come and have your sins forgiven and have everlasting life. I'll be right over here to pray with you. Actually, I'm going to ask Todd to come and pray with you because I'll be back by the tank. You can come back and pray there with me because we're actually going to have some people that have chosen that decision tonight to, to share that with you and, and be baptized in this name tonight. So if you'd like to pray with me, you can come there, and I'm going to ask Todd, one of our deacons, to come here and pray with you. Let me pray right now for everybody, and uh, um, then the service is not over. Um, there's lots more to come, or a little more to come. Lord, we thank you and we praise you for your goodness to us. We thank you that we can say Merry Broken Christmas. That there can be joy in the midst of our brokenness. There can be laughter. We can laugh knowing that, Lord, you can overcome anything. That, Lord, you can do the impossible. That Mary could laugh in a sense that, that you could take a poor little girl in the middle of nowhere and do something so amazing through her. That you could bring the Son of God through her. Lord, you can do something amazing in all of us that you can, you can take the most sinful among us. You can take a guy like Manasseh, the worst of the worst, and, and turn him around. You can take David, who failed, and, and you can turn him around. You can take Abraham and turn him around. And in each of those stories, you can take Tamar and, and, and turn her around. And, and, and you can teach all of them. And that's why Matthew is mentioning all of them, is to show your love and your mercy to sinners. That you can take broken things and make them whole. Oh, Jesus, do that tonight to people watching online and people listening here to my voice. Let them not stay in darkness. Let them walk in the light of your love. Oh, Jesus, heal their hearts. We thank you for what you are doing. You are the light. Let them step into the light. Let the darkness flee. Let sin go away. Let death go away forever. Let the devil be gone. Because as you come, you have authority over all things. So Lord, let them step into the light of your love. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.